This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, I'm glad you made it out here on Wednesday. Man, I like Wednesday nights. Real, real easy flow. Just a couple God thoughts here real, real quick. Sometimes, you know, you get things that rise up in your heart. And so, uh, Matthew 12, 34, it says, Out of the abundance of the heart, my mouth will speak. So, the things you put into your heart, they, they need to come out of your mouth. And when I begin to speak the word of God out of my mouth, that's, that's the rhema, that's the spoken word. You want the Bible to come alive? Start speaking it out of your mouth. So off of that is Romans 4, 19, where it says that Abraham, he, he called those things that be not as though they are. Amen. He, he called those things that be not. He spoke those things that be not as though it was. So you got to get a hold of that, okay, right there. All that is do is that you're speaking to the mountain. You're, you're telling the mountain to move when it doesn't look like it, but you keep speaking. So again, you call those things that be not. Well, what's the things in your life that be not? Begin to speak to them. Begin to say the word of God to them, and you watch what God will do. You know, if you'll start doing that, your life will be a lot better adventure than Peter Pan ever had, I promise you. I tell you, it'll be exciting, so keep doing that. All right, just a little thought. If you need a Bible, our ushers would gladly get you one. Once you got your Bible, go, go with me to the, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi 3. If you're Italian, that's Malachi, but we'll call it Malachi, okay? Just to entertain you a little bit as you're turning to Malachi 3. Um, today, if you like Panda Express, go to the one at 82nd Milwaukee through tonight. Tell them you're with Faith Church. All those proceeds tonight will go to the Men of Iron Scholarship Fund so we can get all the men there. This, this is a big announcement, okay? Uh, this Sunday morning is the time change. So we're going to spring a little bit forward here. So if you don't shoot your clock forward and you come strolling in here, you're going to be extremely late, okay? Extremely. So remember, I told you, spring forward this week. Again, partnership is Wednesday the 23rd. And then well, we keep highlighting the men of iron. That actually starts three weeks from tomorrow. So be sure and uh, get signed up for that. All right, Malachi 3. And I'm, I'm going real deep into the book of Malachi 3. We're going to start in verse 13, and sometimes we don't even get this far. But it says, Your words have been harsh or hard or strong against me, says the Lord. Now, I, I think we probably have all been guilty of that before where we've said stuff against God that, God, do you not see what's going on? On delay, God, hurry up. And so he says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. But we say, what have we spoken against you? And you have said, it is useless or it doesn't pay to serve God. What profit or what gain is it that we have kept in this ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud or the arrogant blessed. For those who do wickedness, they're raised or they're built up. The ones who even break the rules is what he's talking about. They, they even tempt or push to limit God and they go free. They get away with it. 
Verse 16. Then those who feared the Lord, they spoke to one another. To fear the Lord is to reverence the Lord. To fear the Lord is to obey the Lord. Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And to those who feared the Lord, the Lord listened and he heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord. Now you get this right here. I'm telling you, when you begin to fear God, God, God takes notice. He said right there, he'll listen. But not only does he listen, he, he has a book and it says right here that a book of remembrance was written before him. And can you imagine? God started taking notes. And he says, oh, that, that Gloria Perez, she's in my book. I see what her needs are. Now look what he keeps on saying. And those who meditate on my name, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day, I will make them my jewels, my special treasure. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then they shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked. It will become very apparent between the righteous and the uh, wicked. The ones who do right and the ones who do wrong. And he ends and says, between one who serves God and one does not serve him. And so when I read that, which one describes me? So I go back to the very beginning. Don't, don't let your words be harsh against God. Man, the Bible says that we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts of praise. And understand this, God's working. He's always working behind the scene. He may not work on your, your clock, or your, but he's working, okay? And so, man, I, I love to think, man, God's working on my behalf. God still desires to bless me. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you again tonight that first we can ask you to forgive us if our words have been harsh against you. But Lord, we ask a grace in every one of us right now that we, we truly would fear you. And our fear and awe of you would lead us to obey you, to honor you, to be men and women of gratitude. And Lord, grace us in the air that we have a desire to serve you in every area of our life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Stick with it. Stick with the things of God. Well, turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. Now, we're going to begin tonight here in Romans 1. We'll go from Romans 1 to James 4. Uh, once we start reading these, you'll probably say, I, I think we've been there. Yeah, we've been to both of these recently. But I, I want to do a little refresher course. But Man, when I begin to read these, I said, Lord, get this on the inside of me. Really put this deep down in me where it just, it just hangs right there with me. Romans 1, verse 24. Therefore, God also gave them up. God lifted off his restraining hand. Why? To uncleanness and in the lust of their heart. He, he let them have the full expression of their sinful and shameful desires dishonoring their bodies among themselves. The degrading power of sin. I, I don't know if you caught that right there. 
But if you want to live in an ungodly manner, you, you really want to satisfy the lust of your heart, God will allow you. Even though he knows the consequences that are going to come. Because why? That God, he made humanity, he made every one of us free will being, which means he gives us the ability to make choices. So, you know, even in those areas, many times we like the little thought, well, the devil made me do it. Well, oftentimes, the only devil that made you do it is that little devil you're looking at in the mirror. Ow, pastor. I, I, I've allowed that. I've done that, okay? I'm not throwing stones at anybody. Verse 25. Who exchanged the truth or traded the truth of God. They put the truth of God on, on the back burners for the lie. We exchange the truth of God for a lie. The message says we, we exchange the, the, the truth of God for a fake God. Now, the, the interesting thought off of that statement is we exchange the truth of God for a lie it equates an idol with a lie. That's what this is doing right here. It's saying, you, you chose an idol instead of the truth of, of God. How do we know that? We'll keep reading here. And they worshiped and they served the creature. Better stated, we worshiped and served the creature, the God we made, Instead of the creator who is blessed forevermore, amen. And so again, we exchange God. We said, we would rather serve the, the idols in our life than you. Now, we were here several weeks ago, and in this passage here, it's very clear that many of these things in Romans, they were written as our example to say, listen, you don't want to follow what they did. You don't want to follow what the Israelites did. And so what this talks about, a lot of it, is remember the man of God, Moses, he goes up on the mountain. He's delayed at the mountain. And when he comes back with the Ten Commandments, what's happening? They made a golden calf. And they're worshiping a golden calf. Now, again, that's, that's pretty sissy to golden. I mean, at least make a lion. A golden calf? Turn with me to the book of Romans. I mean James. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And so when I read these passages, it's like the Lord is telling us, every one of us as human beings, we're going to serve something or we're going to serve someone. Doesn't matter who you are. James 4. Verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses. Now, off of those two words right there, and again, I'm reading out of the New King James. Off of those two words, we know an adulterer is a, is a man that's married, and a woman that's married, is a, or the adulteress is a woman that's married. Correct? Yes. So he gets over right here, and he's using this analogy that these are our people that are committing spiritual adultery. 
Woo, keep reading. Do you not know that friendship with the world is an enmity against God? How's that? Because friendship with the world, and the friendship with the world means you are having an illicit love affair or an unholy relationship with the world. So you know what you, he just said? You, you chose the world instead of your covenant with God. So let me define the world for you. The world refers to the world system, to all its values, to its mindsets, to the philosophies of life and priorities that run contrary to the will of God. So I go back and I look. The mindsets of the world, the values of the world, the things of the world, and again, if you want to go a little deeper in the definition of the world, 1 John 2, 15 and 16, it says that all is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. But he says, friendship with the world is enmity with God. And so, again, he's liking this that we're married to God. We're, we're in a covenant relationship with God. How is that? We, we got born again. We asked Jesus to come into our heart and be Lord of our life. And so literally what he's telling us here is we're cheating on the Lord. And you're okay with it. So the analogy here again is very similar to that to an unfaithful man or woman to his spouse. And so when we give ourselves over to idolatry, the things of this world, we are literally unfaithful to Jesus is what this is talking about. I desire to be married to you, Lord Jesus. I want all the benefits of being married to you, but I want to be unfaithful to you with the world. Now, when I read that, man, you're talking about an outcher. I was like, oh, my goodness. So what did God think about that? Verse 5. Or do you think that the scriptures say in vain? Or the scriptures mean nothing to you? I can blow them off. The spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously or an intense desire to have all of you. Now this is very interesting that he says this in verse 5. Because you know what the interesting part is? If we go back to Exodus chapter 20, you get into the Ten Commandments. Not the Ten Suggestions. The Ten Commandments. And, and when I talk about the Ten Commandments, it wasn't multiple choice. You know, I like one, three, five, seven, nine, but man, I don't like two, four, six, eight. But in Exodus 20, verse five, it literally says that our God is a jealous God. So nothing's ever changed. God is the same. And so when we desire the things of the world, they start pulling on me and they say, it's okay to cheat on God. It's not okay to cheat on God. He, he yearns. 
intensely for every bit of our heart. He wants all of it. Now go with me back into the Old Testament to 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15. And almost everything we just talked about right here, you're going to see this come alive in this passage right here. You're going to look and say, oh my goodness. And the reason I want to highlight this, because what you'll begin to see, the things that messed with the people in the Old Testament, they're still around. They just may look a little different, okay? But they're still around. Now, man, I, I got to studying on this today. Oh my gosh, I, I was in Jewish commentaries. There was stuff that I began to, to study that it, it blew me away so bad that I would get up out of my office and I would go in and I'd tell all the ladies who had listened to me, I said, listen to this, listen, listen, listen. And so you guys are gonna get some of that. Listen, listen, listen. This stuff's incredible, okay? First Samuel 15, verse one. So Samuel also said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people. The word anoint actually means the touch of God or the power of the Holy Spirit on you, listen, to fulfill God's purposes and his callings in your life. But when you look what he said, he said, hey, 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 Saul, I made you king over my people. In other words, they're not your people, they're God's people, but he said, I'm the agent, or you're the agent over them. So don't screw it up, pal. Because I'm going to hold you responsible for everything you do, okay? And this is a big statement. Everything rises and falls on leadership. I want the title. I want the position. I just don't want all the crud that goes with it. So when I say this about the anointing, remember this about the anointing. The anointing doesn't mean you can do or live however you want to. The anointing of God is to get me again to fulfill, to fulfill the calling in my life. But the anointing also there is to help me obey. So he, he ends this verse and he says, Now therefore heed the voice of the Lord your God. The word heed there literally means... Listen and obey. Heed it. Verse 2. Thus says the Lord of the hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came out from Egypt. So what happens is when the Israelites are coming out of Egypt, the Malachites tore them up. And God didn't forget. Verse 3, now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all they have and do not spare them but kill both man, woman, infant, nursing, child, ox, sheep, camel, and donkey. Completely destroy them. Total destruction. And sometimes people say, why would God do that? Because he knew these people were incompatible. They were evil. They were corrupt. 
They were a bunch of terrorists is what they were. And God knew their heart is so corrupt, they'll never turn to me. So he said, wipe them out. Wipe out the animals. Get them all. So when I read this here in verse 3, would you agree with me that God was very clear with the assignment? Let me highlight some of those words again. Destroy, do not spare, and kill. Now, in this verse, the reason I'm highlighting this is he didn't say you can pick and choose some of them. He didn't say it's, it's all right if, if you forget some of them. But I believe he's saying here to, to Saul, he's saying, you got it, buddy? And the reason I highlight this is he's telling him, do not substitute your judgment over the commandments I've given you. Obey me. Verse 4. So Saul gathered the people together, numbered them, and told them 200,000 foot soldiers, 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Malak and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, Go to park, get down from among the Malachites. Least I destroy them with you. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from among the Malachites. You, you know, this is just a little side thought. You know who the Canaanites were? They were from, they were descendants from Moses' father-in-law, Jethro. 400 years ago. God doesn't forget, okay? It's kind of what we read about in the Tithes. God doesn't forget. So he said, I remember what you Kenanites did. Now hightail it out of here for you get your rear kicked too. That's, that's my paraphrase edition. So we keep reading. And Saul attacked the Malachites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Alamites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people at the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good. And they were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. I want to highlight a couple of things. Verse 7, it said they attacked. Verse 8, it said they destroyed people. And so when you get to verse 9, it appears... For the most part, Saul obeyed God. Just, just, just a few minor exceptions. Just a few. But a couple of the things that jump out when you re read this is some of the things that he spared were tied to idols. Very important. Verse 10, now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I've set Saul up as king, for he has turned his back from following me and has not performed my commandments and it grieved Solomon and he cried out to the Lord all night. So he didn't obey God. He was unfaithful to God. And some people, when we read this, would say, well, but Saul did 90, 95% was what God told him to do. 
Saul, Saul did the majority. But what you begin to see in this is God doesn't want just pieces of our heart. He doesn't want 90% of our heart. He doesn't want the majority of your heart. He wants all my heart. And he's telling Saul here, you weren't responsible with what I told you to do. Partial obedience, disobedience. Almost complete obedience, it's just still disobedience. No matter how I try to slice it, dice it, cube it, that's in God's eyes. Same chapter, verse 17. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, you were humble. Were you not the head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? And so when you read this here, a leader's called to lead. A leader's called to exert authority over people when they're going astray. And this is what God's saying. He said, listen, pal, did I not tell you what to do? Verse 18. Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Malachites, and fight against them until they are consumed or exterminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Now, when I read this, you must understand, this is how God viewed everything that Saul did. Saul viewed it as just a small compromise. God didn't. And when it said here, why did you swoop down on the spoil? Could it be that the spoil or the goods here were the idols of his heart? One of the things I found out about this, it says specifically, this was the element of greed. The God of greed. I, I want those sheep. I want the best of this. I want the best of this. And God's not against that until we disobey him to get it. And when you think about this, Saul didn't look to God for God to bless him that way. He said, you know what? I'll get it on my own. I'll do whatever I need to do to get it. So what's God think about that? Verse 22, same chapter. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? He's saying, Saul, which one do you think is the most important to God? Sacrifices, offerings, which many times were nothing more than religious rituals. Well, I went to church. 
I'm a Christian. I, I can speak in Christianese. I, I got a Jesus bumper sticker. It says the God Squad. I wear a cross around my neck. I got 15 different versions of the Bible. See again, God's saying here, what, what's more important to you? Because to God, he's saying, your sacrifices and your offerings, nothing. But I highlight, he said, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. You know, one of the greatest oppositions to idolatry is I just obey God fully, completely. He goes on to say, and to heed, there's that word heed. Remember, this was back in verse one. He said, listen and obey. To heed, to listen and obey is better than the fat of the rams. Now, when I say the fat of the rams, you're like, what the crud is that? How do you know I know you're thinking about it? Because that's what I said. I said, what's the fat of the rams? You know what the fat of the rams is? It's our intellect. Every bit of that points to our intellect where we get where we think we're so smart. I, I got everything figured out. You know, we, we ought to look at the sciences instead of God. I'm an expert. You know, an expert's just a little spurt away from home. We're so smart. We're so wise. But you know what God said? Obedience is better than how smart you think you are. Just obey. Obey me even when it doesn't make sense to your intellect. How many of you have ever read the Bible and said, that doesn't make sense? That doesn't add up. But God's saying, just obey me because when you obey me, you're saying, I trust you, Father God. I trust you more than the things of this world. I don't understand, Father God. Gas is five stinging dollars a gallon. Can I tell you something? God's still on the throne. Do you know God said in the Psalms, the silver and gold is mine, the oil's mine, the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Not just the cattle, but the hills are mine. And so this doesn't freak God out. It freaks us out, doesn't it? Where I look and I'm like, okay, Lord, just settle me here. Let Settle me here. Because if I think about this, isn't one of my father's covenant names Jehovah Jireh? The God who will provide. Isn't one of his covenant's names El Shaddai? Not El Choco. <laughs> El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. And so I'll tell you right now, in the times we're living around, man, if you start thinking about all the crud that's going on in the, in the world, your little brain will be like a pinball machine. And some of you don't even know what a pinball machine is. We used to play a pinball machine and you'd bump it and try to move that ball. And when you'd bump it too much, you know what would happen? It'd go tilt. That's what happens to our mind. It goes tilt and you're like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Well, let me tell you, the King David said, I've been young and I've been old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. 
Verse 23. Pastor, we're going to keep you around another week. You're doing such a good job. Well, thank you. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now, it's interesting to me that he uses the word rebellion with Saul's behavior. So when I don't fully obey God, you know what he's telling me? I'm operating in rebellion, and with rebellion, it says, I know what is expected, I know what is desired, but I'm going to do it my way. That's what rebellion is. You know what God says, but you're like, it's like a child. How many of you ever had a child? You say, you need to get in there and clean your room, and they look at you like, Well, I got a few in a minute. That's what rebellion is. That's what we do to God. We stick our nose up and say, uh-uh. I know what you said, but I'm still not going to do it. And isn't it interesting that he said that rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft, sorcery. And so when I think about rebellion in terms of witchcraft, and I know in my, I got to stay away from witchcraft. I don't want to play with sorcery. I don't want to go near that. And so that's what he's telling you. Don't play with rebellion because it's as if the sin of witchcraft. It'll mess you up. Sometime if you're around and you have time to come by into my office, say, Pastor, show me that part where it talks about sorcery. I, I want to show you something. It'll, it'll freak you out. I, no, I'm not going to tell you, okay? It's just crazy. I mean, it is bizarre. So keep reading, keep reading. Come on. And stubbornness is as the iniquity and idolatry. Stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols or fooling around in the occult. So the word stubbornness, it literally means push. So Paul pushed back from complete obedience. So when a person knows the truth and the will of God, yet he pushes back from it, it's as if I'm in idolatry. That's stubbornness. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to push back. Now look what he ends with. Oh, this is powerful. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Wow. Saul's motives are shown to be rebellion and stubbornness which equates to this. You're standing in opposition to God's commands. Stand up here with me. How many have ever stood in opposition to God's commands? Man, I have. Ah, I'm going to cut some corners today. I'm going to compromise a little bit today. See, in, in Song of Solomon, I believe it's 2 4, it says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. What does that mean? It's the little things we do in life or don't do in life that spoil the vine. And the reason I highlight that because Saul probably looked at God and said, Hey, wait a minute, God, I obeyed fully, completely. No, no. Don't you bow your head with me right now.
to rationalize my misbehavior are as empty as the rituals of idolatry. That's how that ended. So let me ask you something. Just with your eyes closed right there before God. Oh, Lord, is there things in my heart right now that are out of order? Is, is there a scent of rebellion or stubbornness within me? And, and the reason I lie is not to beat us up, but God wants to bless us. He, he's wanting us to be the kings and the queens. But because we, we push him away, he says, I, I can't do for you what I want to do. And so if you feel comfortable here, just, just, just for a few seconds here, raise your hands here to heaven and Father God, we stand before you today. Ooh, if we've exchanged the truth for a lie, Lord, we, we, we repent. We ask, come back in our heart. Father God, if I've become a, a spiritual adulterer, a spiritual adulteress, Father God, we're sorry, we're sorry. Father God, we're, we're sorry that we know you're the God who, who desires us intensely. And we welcome you back, Lord. And again, we ask your help. We ask your touch upon us, Lord, that through your grace and your mercy today, that there would be a desire within us to, to not only obey, but a desire to please you. Well, I want to please you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.